Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm glad that you joined me. I hope you had a good weekend and all that that entailed. And we are really finishing up this idea of the fearless moral inventory and being willing to really take a hard look at our lives. And the only reason we would ever endeavor on that is to really be able to be the person that God has called us to be and to be the original design and be that best version of who we are. And so we talked at length about this idea of why we would want to do this. I mean, are you kidding me? This is, this is no fun. This is no fun to do. And we talked at length about that. We, and, and we really ended last Friday on this whole idea of confession and really driving that point home and why God would want us to confess. And, and we want to understand that many times, and this is kind of odd, the pain of what we did, even if we got caught, sometimes isn't great enough to create change. The change often happens when we're willing to talk out loud about it, when we're willing to bring it into the light, see it for what it really is, and do it with a person that is safe enough to help us really see the original design and maybe how far off we are. And that God is not angry about that. The only thing he would be angry about is how much it hurts us and how much it steals from us and robs from us and destroys dreams we may have. And thankfully, God many times resurrects all those dreams, especially if they're his. He can't kill the dream that God has created for you. But I want you to think about how powerful it is when you speak things out into the open. And the last thing I talked about on Friday was I said, you know, I know this from experience that I may start talking about something with someone. And as I talk about it and I get it out in the light and I hear myself talk, I start to say, oh, that's ridiculous. This is not that big of a deal. I don't know why I got all worked up about it. And then there are times when I start talking about something, and as I get further into it, I start hearing myself talk, and I may say, oh, this is big. This is bigger than I thought. I kind of made it small inside of me I, as a way to deny it or hide from it or not have to deal with it. And so it really is important when we think about this idea of confession and confessing our sins one to another. And God says, come, you know, your sins are as scarlet. Let's reason together. I can make them as white as snow. I can forget them. He says, your sins are as far as the east is from the west. I remember them no more. And I say to clients that the beautiful thing about this is First of all, I can't have my sins be as far as the east is from the west if I haven't learned anything about them. They will continue to follow me everywhere I go. So if any of you remember Charlie Brown and Pigpen, remember that cute little guy Pigpen? And he walked around dragging, you know, all that. All that dirt came with him and buzzed around him. 
Well, that's the sins that are not confessed and are not worked through and are not overcome. They just follow us everywhere we go. And they show up in the most inopportune times, right? So this confession piece is truly about having that sin be as far as the East is from the West and remembering it no more. Because once I learn from it, it's not as important for me to remember it. So as a human, I still have memory, but a lot of the details are gone. And, a, and all the shame and all the embarrassment is gone. I can talk about it openly. I can say, oh my gosh, yeah, this is not one of my best moments. But I don't have any feeling about it because it's been resolved. It's been confessed. It's been repented. And if there was repair work that I needed to do, I did that. If I could fix something, I fixed it. If I couldn't fix it, if I couldn't change whatever happened, I can certainly apologize. And I can say, hey, is there something I can do? that would make this easier to deal with. This was, this was on me. I should not have done that. And so it's as easy as sometimes I will have clients that um, I had a, a complete error in scheduling. And I will say to them, you know what, because I did this, I'm going to take money off, off the fee because that was my mistake. You know, you came, you showed up an hour early, and, you, you know, I had you down at 5, you came at 4, so you kind of have to hang around now, so I'm going to cut that fee in half for you. And, and I'll do many different things like that, that because I can't fix the time. But I can sure make it easier to feel. I can sure make it easier to deal with. So if I'm willing to take responsibility, then see, all of a sudden, and again, I reinforce to people I'm a trustworthy person. I'm not trying to make excuses for, for the fact that I messed up the time. It's obvious. It's a fact. And the more comfortable I am with me in understanding I'm not perfect... I'm still trustworthy. I still have a good heart. I still want good things for people. I would not ever purposefully harm anyone. If I know these things about me and I still make a mistake, then I don't have to have a shame attack over that mistake. I just simply take responsibility for it and say, that is on me. I messed that up and I am very sorry. This is what I can do for you. Will that help? Will that fix what we need to have fixed? Is there something more that you need me to do? And what happens is that mistake that would otherwise ruin something, ruin a relationship, actually makes the relationship stronger and causes them to see me as someone that has goodwill and that is trustworthy and is safe. So we have the ability to use our humanness to actually make things better. And the enemy hates this hates this phenomenon. He would love it if all of our mistakes were counted against us and it ruined all of our human relationships and they ruined our relationships with God. But the thing that Satan cannot comprehend is the power of confession, the power of forgiveness, the willingness to ask for forgiveness as I admit my sin and that I'm willing to do anything to fix it. And that causes relationships to be stronger, tighter, more stable, and deeper. Because I'm now with someone I can trust. They're not perfect, but they care more about what they have done than I do. They care more about how their sin affected me than in covering up their sin. And that is extremely powerful.
So when we think about this idea, see, of caring more about what I've done than the other person does. Now, sometimes it's, that's not always possible in extreme cases. But I can be a part of a healing process if someone has been truly harmed by my hands. And there are some people that have had a bad moment, they had a DUI, and they killed somebody in the process. There are some people that it was a terrible car accident, and someone died in the process. Well, what can these people do? And we've seen wonderful stories where beautiful things have come out of complete tragedies. Because that's what humans can do if they let the heart of Christ guide them. And that's what the enemy hates. So when we look at this idea of taking responsibility when we have wronged someone, when we have sinned, when we have transgressed, it really is this idea of I first have to be at peace with myself. So I want you to ask yourself a couple of questions as we have gone through this process of really learning to be a safe person and doing that fearless moral inventory. Who, who would be some safe people for you in your life? I want you to ask yourself, do I have safe people in my life? Do I have trustworthy people in my life? And what do I need to do to be a safe person? Am I not good at keeping confidences? Am I someone that doesn't have a problem with white lies? Shading the truth? Convoluting it some? Do I gossip? Right? Am I judgmental? Am I constantly looking at the world in a vertical manner and competing? Well, I'm better than them, but they're better than me. Instead of recognizing that God sees the world horizontally. We have all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We are all going to hell if we don't have Christ. So we are to look at humans horizontally. We don't look at their behaviors horizontally. Absolutely, it's a vertical issue when we look at the consequence of a behavior, either positively or negatively. But who would be some safe people in your life? And then I want you to ask yourself, what are some memories or events things that I have done, behaviors, that I remember them and it still hurts. It gives me that sinking feeling or that flutter in my heart or that like, oh, I can't stand it. I just want to get away from that. What are some memories or events or transgressions that in your past are still alive because there's still energy there and you don't want anyone to know about them? Well, what I first want you to do, I don't want you to feel like you have to run out today and tell someone, I just want you to write those down. And they can be in code where only you know what it is. But that's the first way of getting it outside of yourself so you can contend with it. So the, the sickness of that sin isn't continuing to contaminate you and the way you see you and rob from you important energy. So I want you to write those things down. What are those memories that I messed up, I blundered, I made a fool of myself. I made a mistake. What are those things that I need to forgive? That I need to practice forgiveness of me over. And we've talked a couple of weeks ago about forgiving self. As we talked about forgiving others. And how much in those memories, as I look through those memories, how much justification is there? How, how, many, how much do I try to make it not so bad? 
and give explanations as to why, well, but it was a bad day for me, or I hadn't slept very well, or this person has always been really mean to me. Whatever it is that you did, how much explanation are you giving yourself? How much denial is there as to the size of it? And that's important for you, not to condemn yourself, but to say, wow, I'm having a hard time with these. I want to deny them. I don't want to face these. I don't want to deal with these. Well, that's kind of like for all of you who live in Phoenix, Arizona, that's kind of like leaving a bologna sandwich in your back seat in the middle of the summer. Think of what that's like. What would it do to your car? First of all, it would be disgusting, but it might actually eat through the seat. Okay, this would be a disaster. You don't want to leave food that has any kind of stuff like that, fats, mayonnaise, oh my gosh, right? None of the, You don't want to leave this stuff in your car when it's 110, 115 degrees outside for any length of time. Even lettuce becomes disgusting. So think about these things that are in me. What is happening to them as they stay in me longer and longer and longer and are unresolved? So this is the first step toward just kind of putting your foot in the water and taking some chances and some risks and saying, you know, these things are still alive. They're following me everywhere I go. They're weight, they're burdens, they're burdens. So then I want you to also say to yourself and ask yourself, do you fully accept your past? Well, if number two has, has a couple of things that you need to do, you haven't fully accepted your past. And if you haven't, why? Why have you not? What have you done that is so unacceptable? What have you done? What have you thought that is so unacceptable? You can't forgive it. You can't make peace with it. You can't accept it. See, God already did. It's already been done. He's already covered it. He's already over it. And I would imagine a bunch of people in your life maybe are over it as well. So where's the pride issue for you that you can't get over yourself, right? All of us have this problem. In one way or another, we all struggle getting over ourselves. So that leads you to this number four. Do you see yourself as a divided house? If that's the case, if you have stuff you can't accept, that you have not reasoned through with God, that you have not forgiven yourself or done whatever you need to do to the offending parties and saying to them, you know what, I know this was 10 years ago, but it still bugs me. Is there something I can do to fix that? Is there anything you need from me if it still bothers you? And I just appreciate your forgiveness if you're able to do that for me. So you are a divided house if you can't accept. So what's dividing you? What can't you, what won't you reconcile? And sometimes the reason this is important piece is I may be a divided house because I have an issue in the past that is unresolved for me, that I can't get over, I can't move past. And so it's just stuck there and it's energy and it takes from me. And sometimes the inability to reconcile, right, I can't reconcile, I won't reconcile, is because I can't believe I did it. I can't get over that. That's just not me. I won't accept it. Sometimes my guilt may be so deep and my shame may be so deep, I don't feel like I'm allowed to forgive it. And I'm not allowed to be forgiven. And so I can't reconcile it because I can't make it be okay. 
And that's where it's so important for you to understand that God is not saying it's okay. He didn't die for okay sins, right? He died for sins. Sins are not okay. Every sin is not okay to whatever degree. And he forgave them all because he doesn't want us to live in bondage. So ask yourself, if I'm divided, if I try to parse that out, why won't I reconcile with myself? Why do I keep punishing that part of me? Why won't I reconcile with me and make peace with me? So think about this. The reason that we're wanting to confess these things, I want you to ask yourself the question, have you ever tried to clean up something in the dark? <laughs> How successful has it been, right? When I say this to clients, when I say this to myself, okay, so you don't want to tell me. You don't want to talk about it. You just want to go clean it up yourself. Okay. How successful are you when you try to clean up something in the dark? Have you ever spilled something because you went out to the refrigerator at night and you shut the door and you dropped it on the floor and you're trying to clean it up? And you think you did a pretty good job until you walk out into the kitchen the next morning and you recognize that, wow, there's a whole bunch of stuff I missed. So this is imperative that you understand. As much as we would all like to stay in the dark, this is what Adam and Eve did. They went and hid in the dark, wherever they could find a small place to hide. They hid. That is the natural propensity when there's sin involved. So you just say to yourself, I need to find a, f a safe person, shine a really, really bright light, so I only have to do it one time, and I get it done. And I get it resolved, and it's now simply information in my memory. It's not associated with feelings. It doesn't have anything emotive around it. It's not in any way infecting me with self-hatred or self-disgust or having, you know, less confidence in myself, or feeling like I have to hide and hope that nobody finds it out. I'm free. It's just information. And the beauty of having all your past simply be information is so life-changing. I want you all to experience it. So think about this. This is number seven. Is your pain for gain or is it in vain? So are you just surviving your past? So is all the pain that you're inflicting on yourself or feeling about that past issue, is it creating any life in you at all? Is it bringing any light into your life? Are you just surviving your past? See, I want you to thrive from your past. And thriving means I learned. I learned. I only had to do it once. Or maybe I had to do it for 10 years. I don't know. Whatever it takes to learn. Everybody has their own learning curve. There are some things I'm still trying to learn. And I'm hoping that I get a handle on it before my life ends. But I'm always working on something. This is the Philippians 1.6. God says, I will complete the good work in you until the day of Christ Jesus. This means the work will not be done. There's always something to work on. I will never arrive down here on the planet. I only arrive in heaven. And so is your past, are you just simply surviving your past or did you thrive from your past? Have you reconciled it, learned from it, did whatever you did to fix it if you could? Or if they will now let you fix it, is there something you can do? 
that's just cleaning stuff up. It doesn't mean it didn't occur. And in terms of resolving the past, healing from it, getting past it, accepting yourself, you have to say to yourself, are you a safer person because of that event? And if I haven't healed from it, I'm not safer because of it. I'm destined to reoffend. That's what unresolved sin does. I may not reoffend the exact same way. But that kind of angst inside of a person, that kind of bondage, that heaviness, that feeling of I don't measure up and oh my gosh, if someone knows who I really am, they are not going to like me and love me. That is the, is the recipe for future sin. The enemy loves that cocktail. He loves to serve it up to you every day. Because he knows if you keep that stuff inside of you, that junk inside of you, you are bound to sin more because you feel so bad and so burdened. So you want to say, I want to commit to being a safe person. And the safest people are the ones that have resolved their past. Think of how safe people think Peter is, the disciple Peter, right? Does anybody think Judas is a safe person? They want to be friends with Judas. People still love King David, not always acting like a safe person. People still name their kids Jonah, even though Jonah complained the entire time. Not necessarily great behavior we want to emulate, but he's a good guy. He did the best he could, and apparently that was his best. And God took his best, and Nineveh was saved completely and healed. Amazing miracle. So ask yourself, am I a safe person? And I want to commit to being a safe person. I want to commit to being the person someone can confess to me. And I will handle it well because I have been handled well and I handle me well. So, you know, to accept yourself sounds like a simple thing, but the simple things usually are the most difficult things, right? And in actual life, to be simple and straightforward, this is an art in and of itself that requires great discipline. And while the question of self-acceptance, this, this is part of the root of the moral problem and the heart of a whole philosophy of life. So is there any doubt in your mind that it's virtuous to forgive? To forgive people who've offended you and to forgive yourself. To love your enemy the same way that Christ does. And so you have to say to yourself, I need the same thing. I myself stand in need of the alms of my own kindness. I am to myself the enemy who needs to be loved. So what then do you do? Well, the whole Christian truth is turned upside down. There's no longer any question of love and patience. We need to be giving love and patience to ourselves as well as we give it to others. If Christ himself appeared within, what would he see within the heart of you? What kind of internal home do you have? So we want to ask for forgiveness. And I love this, ver this uh, prayer. This is by St. Teresa of Avila. And it says, let, let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things pass. God does not change. Patience achieves everything. 
and whoever has God lacks nothing. God alone suffices. Christ has no body now on earth but yours, no hand but yours, no feet. Your eyes through which the compassion of Christ must look onto the world, and your feet, how he's to go about doing good, your hands to bless his people. God bless you as you forgive yourself. Join me tomorrow as we talk more about this. Have a great day. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember... Be your own best version. Yeah.